Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. A Monday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM rolls on. Stormy Tony here live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Our guy Michael Lombardi holding it down on the East Coast in Jersey. And in just about 30 or so minutes, Mike Pritchard, VEASAN host and NFL analyst here at the network will join us. Get to Pritch's points, Mike Pritchard, um, all the breakdown of some more NFL news and notes that are going on. And uh, we're going to kick off our two, Michael, with what has become appointment programming here on a Monday for the Lombardi <laughs> line. Which players, coaches, and GMs need to hear the hard stuff? This is Step Into My Office. The appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? Got an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's time you and me had a private talk when you're stepping into my office. It's Step Into My Office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. I that is it. the debut. How good is that, Stormy? Oh, my gosh. I love it. Michael Lombardi, we'll see you now. I wish I had a voice like that. That's good. Yeah, me too. Ryan knows Me what too. he's doing. Wow. <laughs> okay, well, let's do well it. Well done, Elliot. Take a bow. Take a bow, producer Elliot Bowman. Getting it done. Getting us all the open. I think that I finally just bugged him enough that he was like, people, help me out. We need to get these going. But okay, let's get to it. Who needs some sage advice from Mr. Lombardi? We talked earlier in the show about Nuggets head coach Michael Malone's postgame comments regarding his team's Effort in game two of the NBA finals leads you to believe perhaps some players were reading the plus press clippings a little bit too much here. Talk around town of a, a sweep was turning heads. Did they underestimate just who they were playing in the Miami Heat? So what should Malone's message to the team when he gets in that locker room be? He's in the office. What is he? What, what are you telling him? Well, I think Mike Malone, Michael Malone kind of already addressed this, but Ultimately, what he must do is convince his team that the opponent isn't the Miami Heat. The opponent are the Denver Nuggets. And we have a standard, and if we don't play to the standard, we're not going to beat anybody. The standard is the standard. The level of acceptance is the level of acceptance. Winning, losing are irrelevant. The work 
the ability to do the work at our standard level is all that matters. And if we don't realize that, if we don't set that, and this is a lesson beyond sports. This is a lesson that transcends itself into life. There is a standard of excellence that you must achieve to on a daily basis, whether you're an NBA star or whether you're working at, the, at, at a point diner here in New Jersey. You've got a level of acceptance that has to be met every single day. And when you don't meet that, bad things happen. And so it's really not about the Miami Heat. They can get all the credit they want. They deserve it. It's wonderful. It's great. But we didn't play or reach our level. And if we don't do that, we won't win a title. And this is one of those moments in sports where you have an opportunity to control yourself, control your destiny. You're, you're playing against a, a team that you're more talented than, but they have a big heart. If you don't match their heart, you're not going to match them in the win column. That was exactly my thought process, Michael, was that you're the more talented team. You have the best player in the world right now that's on the court with you night in and night out. You need to play with the type of heart and grit that the Miami Heat are bringing out there because if you combine yep. those things together, you're going to be unstoppable. So great messaging, I think, for, for our guy, Michael Malone. Game three coming up Wednesday. The series shifts from Denver to South Beach in Miami. Denver two-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Keeping it in the NBA, Michael. While speaking with the media ahead of the NBA Finals, League Commissioner Adam Silver gave a kind of unusual update with regards to John Morant, the, the Grizzlies star, and a potential suspension that he would not announce while they had an investigation ongoing. They know what they're going to do. They weren't going to announce it until after the NBA Finals so that we give the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets their due. Although that just leaves us all wondering, like, what the heck are you going to do? And now we're wondering about it when we shouldn't be. Um, but... I don't think anybody needs a visit to the office more than this guy after what we've seen him, him do. Ja obviously was flashing the handgun on Instagram Live earlier this postseason. Um, earlier this season, had to have a suspension for it, said he learned from his mistakes, went to get treatment to overcome the issues that he was having managing stress, and then he goes and does this again on, on an Instagram post on his friend's account. What are the steps he needs um, to redeem his image and, and, and gain his team's trust again too, Michael. Well, most importantly for Jay Morant, he's got to decide who he wants to become. Uh, how important is playing basketball? Let's take the role model out of it. Let's take that. You know, if you don't want to be a role model, if you don't want to be somebody in a young man's life who aspires to achieve what you've been able to achieve – that's fine. That's on you. It's wrong, but that's fine. That's on you. But if you have any love of basketball, there's rules that you're going to have to comply to. There is an expectation of a level that you have to rise yourself to. And if you don't want to do that, if you want to act immature and continue to behave in this manner, I think to me, you're going to pay the price for it. It's going to pay your career and you're going to sit there, you know, 20 years from now and regret what happened. You know, I would sit. I would call Allen Iverson if I were you, Jay Morant, and I would have a conversation with Allen Iverson. And Allen Iverson in a documentary about one last chip, just close enough, where he talks about his relationship with Larry Brown, and he wishes that he would have listened to the coach, that he regrets not embracing that. He regrets not taking the information in. He regrets not being more of the player Brown tried to get him to become. And he wasted his years. And now as he sits there looking back over his career, he's in the Hall of Fame. That's great. Talented player. But he doesn't have that, that ability to not regret. 
and you're going to spend most of your life regretting your decisions if you don't change who you are. It may be stress-related. I don't know. You went to rehab. That didn't work. So we're going to have to figure out what's the root cause of your problem because you obviously don't love basketball enough to commit yourself to something bigger than yourself. And if you are an organization that's trying to take positive steps to having postseason success and your star isn't available, I mean, the best ability is availability. It's a cliche for a reason because it's true. And if you're not out there on the court making your team better, that's a problem. Um, Also, I didn't like that he used like a chat GPT apology. Did you did you see that? Use AI help for his apology. Uh, I mean, that's I mean, that's where you, you know, part of part of how you engage people how you get people to follow you is through genuineness. When you go to AI for an apology, that's not your genuine conversation. That's somebody else's conversation. You need to be genuine, heartfelt, you know, and and I think that is so critical that, you know, you're just, when you do AI, you're going through the motions. Mm -hmm. It's not coming from where it needs to come from. And I frankly think the NBA is wrong. I think the NBA delaying this decision is really wrong. The NBA should be proactive, it is, I mean, this is going to be in the news cycle. It's not going to detract from anybody, mm-hmm. but they should send a clear message to everybody in the NBA that they won't tolerate this, and they shouldn't wait a moment to do it. It has nothing to do with the, the cycle, the timing, and all that. It's ridiculous. It's like what Phil Jackson said when he was talking to Rick Rubin. You know, you talk about player safety, then you put those emblems on the court you know, that, that promote the finals. And guys, last night they were slipping on them. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's do what's the most important thing. And I thought it was odd of Adam Silver to begin with. Like, he could have put that to bed. Like, instead he said, we have done an investigation. We found out additional information. We're just not going to tell you that yet. Like, that's the news now. Um, but anything, any suspension yeah, well, longer than 25 or 30 games, by the way, would be precedent setting for a player who has not been charged um, with a crime. So we'll see ultimately what that number ends up being when when it comes out. Okay, we got we got another one here to get to, Michael. The Cleveland Browns are now a front runner, it seems, to land DeAndre Hopkins in free agency after his former teammate in Houston quarterback Deshaun Watson made comments about how much he would like to reunite with D-Hop. Um, the Browns have moved to even money now at DraftKings to be Hopkins' next team. They opened as long as 30-1, to 1, but... Watson even said, hey, all I can do is make a call to the powers that be and see what they can do. So if Andrew Barry is there in the office in a prove-it year for Watson, should Barry do what it takes to get Hopkins for his quarterback? What are you telling Barry? Well, I think Andrew Barry's got to make his quarterback better. And I think certainly the Hopkins and the relationship and their continuity that they developed down in Houston would make them better. But how would that impact our team? How would that impact our, our locker room? I think you've got to address that question, Andrew, because one of the things I think that keeps the Cleveland Browns from taking that step forward is the, uh, is the idea that you're collecting talent, not building a team. Do you, does your team have enough mental toughness? Does your team have enough grit? Do they have enough of the will to win, to compete, to string together a lot of tough games? We lost a lot of close games last year. And partly because we don't have a lot of mental toughness. And I think that's the bigger issue. And if you don't feel Hopkins can give you that, then you shouldn't sign Hopkins just to make the fans happy. Because the collection of talent, it has been good enough in Cleveland. The idea of developing the team has not been good enough. 
because you're not winning close games. Your team is too analytical and not talented enough in terms of mental and physical toughness. Do those odds seem right to you that it's fallen all the way to even money after those comments? Yeah, I think because of the salary cap. I think the the comments certainly they the Browns do have cap room and I and I believe it's going to take some money. But when you welcome Hopkins in to the fans sitting at home, that's great. You know, they see this player. How are you managing them and how much will it take to manage them? What is going to be the outlay and then what is going to be the reward? No one talks about that that's not in the league. You know, it's hard to run a team when one guy won't practice. If there is a top three list of teams that I am absolutely most intrigued about going into next season just because of all of the question marks slash potential, the Browns are certainly going to be very, very high on that list. Um, if, if Deshaun Watson is any semblance of the quarterback that he's been in the past um, and is able to learn from the stepping stones he took last year where he was, he was bad. I think that the Browns could be really, really special, especially if you have safety net wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. We got to take a break, but get back to what I teased a little bit earlier. Some of these second, third year head coaches and their staff. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events upcoming as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com, which reminds me of a great tidbit we got from our guy, Thomas Gable of the Borgata a little bit earlier. He said tonight in the Stanley Cup Finals game two between the Golden Knights and Florida Panthers that Vegas is getting about 80% 
of the tickets, but the majority of money coming in on the Florida Panthers. Also, if you missed any of our conversation about the NBA finals, um, hour one, make sure you download the Lombardi line in podcast form. You can get the full breakdown of last night, as well as our look ahead to game three coming up later on this week. But for now, Michael, let's keep it going with the NFL. A little bit earlier, we were talking about some of these second, third-year head coaches with their respective teams and the improvements that we need to see from some of these teams given the talent that they have. And I think one coach that would be good to dive into is Arthur Smith, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to come into this season loaded with offensive talent, made some notable signings on defense. According to like what we see on paper, the easiest strength of schedule, regardless of the metrics that you're looking at. That said, you also wrote an entire article last week about how much second-year quarterback Desmond Ritter um, needs to rise to the occasion, has a lot on his shoulders this year. So what can Arthur Smith do here in year two? Well, I mean, one thing I liked about Arthur Smith was last year he, in the opening game against the New Orleans Saints, he had a chance to win that game. And even though they were not good defensively, the offense created problems. Their ability to run the football last year was really impressive. I mean, and they did it with, with, you know, Huntley and they did it with Algier. They did it with a bunch of different players that you, you know, you were constantly looking at your sheet saying, who's that back? Who's that guy there? I mean, how'd they get him? You know, and then by the middle of the season, you got it. And they weren't really trying. They weren't very good at throwing the football. They, they like the Miami Dolphins finished 31st in the league. Unlike the Miami Dolphins, they finished 31st in the league in passing attempts. Miami was 31st in rushing attempts. This team was one in passing attempts. So they wanted to run the football. That's That was their emphasis. They were fourth overall in yards per attempt, which is more important than yards gained, right? If you're running a lot and you're getting average in four yards, that's great. But you, you need to have an average per attempt is the key number. They were fourth in the league in that category. So the key is going to be how they incorporate that good running game with B. John Robinson now added in to a passing game where they can rely on Ritter to make some incredibly good throws because last year when they were faced in a third down situation, they struggled. You know, they were able to, you know, get in the red zone. They weren't able to get touchdowns. They kicked field goals. You know, defensively, they couldn't stop anybody on third down. So I, I think it's the passing game. Can they make explosive plays in the passing game to get them points? And I think that's going to be the challenge. And that's where they have to really improve. Last year, they finished 13th in points scored, 20, 23rd in points allowed. Yeah, Arthur Smith's got to find a way to get the most out of his young quarterback and and utilize those weapons that he has around him properly. With this light schedule, like looking through it, one of their toughest opponents is going to be Jacksonville, but that's on a neutral site instead of the road. A quarter of that schedule is against rookie quarterbacks because they get Bryce Young twice, Anthony Richardson, and C.J. Stroud. I feel like there could be a lot of opportunity for this Falcons team if they play it right. So um, it'll be interesting how things play out. I think a lot of it is tied to Ritter. Can he make plays in the past? Because, look, one thing we know about Atlanta, they're going to slow the game down, right? They're going to try to play control. They're going to try to run the football. They're going to reduce the game. The defense play 28 minutes. The offense play 32. But can they win the game in the fourth quarter? Are they going to be able to get off the field in the fourth quarter or make that one critical play? And their defensive front has guys in it that are over 30 years old. Can they stay healthy? Because it's easy to say today they will, but it's harder when you're in the league to know that a 30-year-old, can he stay healthy? Can they play 17? Can Calais Campbell play 17 games? You know, can Grady Jarrett, he's getting older. He's this undersized guy. Can he do that? That's going to be the challenge.
Yep, they added Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, Jesse Bates, uh, new defensive coordinator. So lots of things to analyze here as we look ahead for the Atlanta Falcons on that side of the ball. Uh, how about Brandon Staley entering year three as head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, took the team to the playoffs last year, the first time they made the postseason in four years. Although it was short-lived, obviously, after giving up the big lead to the Jags, they fired Joe Lenardi and hired Joystick, got the extension, finally worked out with Austin Eckler, um, a potential stud quarterback in Justin Herbert, but we haven't really seen him live up to the expectations we all kind of have in our mind of what he and that offense can do. So, Brandon Staley, what's your analysis for him and how he can improve? Well, look, I think the best coaches in the league on either side of the ball make the opponent one-dimensional. And when you break down the Chargers' season last year, you know, when they held their opponent to under 100 yards rushing, they were 4-1. and one. They were good. You know, when they couldn't stop running games, they struggled. Now, they beat Cleveland, you know, and they gave up the most yards. They gave up 213 in the season. They were able to win that game. They gave up 213 to Seattle and lost that game. So, for me, if you're Brennan Staley, we've got to be able to force this team to become one to meant to throw it. You know, what makes, the, what makes the 49ers so good defensively? You can't run the ball on them, so you have to throw it. And when you have to throw it, it plays into their pass rush. Now their pass rush is it's, – it's very complimentary what they do. And Staley hasn't been able to do that. They, they have not been able to slow down the run and get control of the game to allow their offense to build a lead. So if I'm Staley and I'm taking the pride of ownership in calling the defense and installing the defense, I've got to figure out a way to where teams can become one-dimensional against us. We've got Derwin James, who's a really good in-the-box safety. You know, we've got enough players. We signed Eric Kendricks. We've got to stop the run first and mm -hmm. foremost. Now, people say, well, the run doesn't beat you. No, that's correct. The run doesn't beat you or score points, but it controls the game. And when you can't get control of the game because you can't stop them from running it, it's a problem. Yep, those struggles against the run, a big reason why they were 21st in the league in opponent points allowed per game, around 21 and a half points allowed. What, what do you really think, and I know we've talked about Kellen Moore a number of times, but do you think that he'll be a good fit specifically for Justin Herbert and what they're trying to do? Well, I mean, look, you know, they, they can't really run. They're not built to run the ball with power, right? They don't really have a running game. I mean, last year they were 28th in the National Football League in calling runs, right? They were 30th in yards per attempt. Now, they've done nothing this offseason to improve their running game. And I've never watched a Cowboy game tape and said, boy, you know, uh, joystick Kellen Moore has great run designs in what he's doing he really understands how to run the ball one of the Bill Walsh's criticisms of offensive coaches was they all could draw pass plays but nobody really understood how to run the football effectively because no matter how good you are throwing it at some point you got to be able to run the ball when you're averaging 30 30th in the league in yards per attempt you don't really know how to run the ball so I think really that's going to be the challenge, and Moore's never really demonstrated. One of the things I believe, and I said this when he got when he was let go, was he calls plays. He doesn't run an offense. So he's constantly not aware of the game, of how the game is unfolding and how to play within three dimensions, which is what you need to do to win. And that goes to Staley. Staley needs to be able to be the head coach, but we have this independent contractor model in, San, in Los Angeles at the Chargers, and that doesn't lend itself to working three units together. Yeah, we'll see what's what they're able to do on the ground for sure. And I mean, in Dallas, obviously, like you had talent in Tony Pollard and what he was able to do to bust through a hole. But then 
the reliance on Zeke, which clearly wasn't working out. And I wonder how much of that was just like a stranglehold from the organization versus personal choice. I, I hope that it yeah. works out in L.A. Um, I really, really do. Win total set for the Chargers this year, sitting at nine and a half. Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions. They're coming off their first winning season since 2017, but we talked about an awful start to the season. They had to close it out strong to end up over 500. What are your expectations for Dan Campbell here? Well, I, I think knowing Dan Campbell, he's so highly, obviously highly competitive, and he's all about the moment, and, and you know, he's the tough guy, drink the coffee, you know, we're going to give it everything <laughs> we've got, we're going to play Fight hard, all those all things. Those things fight kneecaps we got it but we also have to be strategic and he brings both coordinators back and i think really dan campbell's challenges this year is how do i get this team from being good to great we didn't make remember they didn't make the playoffs last year although they were playing at a playoff letter a level according to minnesota the giant they were playing at that level more than the giants or or the uh or the vikings but they didn't make it because of the early season and so for me I think they've got to take that giant step forward and they've got to play complementary defense and they're going to have to get that defense and they've put a lot of time and money into it to be able to rush the passer and they've got to get Jared Goff to play at the same level. He had one of his mm -hmm. best seasons last year for them. they got to get that and duplicate that too. You know, now Swift I thought was a good player. They draft Gibbs to come in and replace him. We'll see how that works out. I think Gibbs has a chance to be Rookie of the Year because he's talented and they're going to feature him because Ben Johnson understands how to get the ball to a running back in the passing game. Yeah, I don't have doubts about the offense. We saw that they could click, and, and Jared Goff, you said it, was really, really good this yeah. year, but defense, ugh, hard to watch at times. 17-28-1 so yeah. far under Dan Campbell, but this year favored to win the NFC North at plus 130. We're going to step aside for a quick timeout, but VEASAN's own Mike Pritchard joins the show as we will continue our NFL conversation. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. Also get unlimited access to the vsin.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport matchup event date and more. Plus, we have a top VSIN experts leaderboard now as well where you can view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSIN expert has the hot hand at any given time. For VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Come join us. Sign up now, just $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you as we welcome into the show VEASAN NFL analyst, former NFL wide receiver, Mike Pritchard. You know him. You love him. What's going on, Pritch? How are you today? I am well. How are you two on this happy, fabulous Monday? It's awesome today. Good, good. Happy to have it, you here so with good, us. so good, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, listen, Pritch, a, a kind of a trend and theme of the show today and over the past few days really has been Michael and I going back and forth on a number of these young quarterbacks and young coaches or second, third-year coaches with their respective teams. What can happen for these guys to improve? Might as well further that conversation with you if you're, if you're open to it. If there's a, a name, whether it's a coach or a quarterback, that really stands out to you as somebody who can take a step or, or needs improvement this year. Well, uh, well, Mac Jones, I mean, he stands out. Uh, you know, I, I said that, you know, if you think about all the quarterbacks in the AFC and uh, where he ranks right now, uh, it's, it's towards the bottom, just based off of last year. I mean, incredible rookie year, um, uh, but last year it didn't follow that up, right? And 
And so he needs to make a, a market improvement. And he's going to have a chance, I think, with O'Brien and that offense and the structure of it. Uh, but the fact that he humbled himself, uh, Stormy, uh, at the podium recently uh, is telling to me, you know, earning the respect of the players or earning respect of the, uh, of the locker room. Uh, that That's something more so that he noticed that he needed to, to and pay attention to more so than his ability on the field, throwing a ball or, or completing passes. Right. Uh, and so I, I think when you look at that for Mac Jones, Jones poises everything. Uh, and lack thereof was everything for him last year, and it led to a, a horrible season for him. Uh, so it's 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 a good sign, I think, when a player like this, a younger player, can humble themselves at the podium and say, "Look, I I need to be a better uh, leader. Uh, you know, I, I need to really encompass what the definition of a quarterback is more so than com- completing uh, the the most important passes out there right now." Yeah, no question. And, you know, it's funny. He, his rookie year, as good as he played, his interception percentage was 2.5. Last year, mm-hmm. as bad as he played, his interception percentage was 2.5. So I, yeah. I love that we talked about it earlier in the show, Mike. I love that he kind of took he took accountability, which is really sometimes hard for young players. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the flip side of that is Kyler Murray, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not taking accountability yeah. at all. Uh, and, and I think for betters, I mean, understand that, like everybody's good in a national football league. What separates you? What what creates an edge for you? You know, and, and certainly are, are you likable? Does the locker room embrace you? Does the locker room trust you? Uh, and and I, I think that goes a significant way, a, a significant further way uh, than, OK, my ability. I'm really good. I can escape the pocket. I can make these dynamic plays and and all that. And, and a lot of times younger players get caught up in all that. The, the difference from year one to year two in a number of categories is 10 and seven as a starter, his rookie campaign compared to six and eight last year, team points per game with him under center went down more than a touchdown last year from 27 and a half to 19 and a half. Michael just mentioned the interception staying relatively similar, but from 22 touchdowns to 14 and an eight point mm-hmm. drop in passer rating. But he called last year a learning experience. And I think there's a lot of excitement around the Patriots from an offensive standpoint with how he and Bill O'Brien will come to together. Pritch, when you think about the elements that make a young quarterback successful, what are those things yeah. that really stand out to you specifically for that position? You know, earlier this morning, Stormy, I was reminded about how many great quarterbacks I played with. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to forget that because I played with so many. <laughs> right. And and I think, um, you know, my example or certainly my experience uh, from a quarterbacking standpoint, you just have to find a way to be consistent. Um, you know, the great ones have always been able to do that. You know, the, the great plays will come. Um, the, the the nuances will come and develop as well. The, the relationships on the field and and players seeing the same things you're seeing as a quarterback, that will come too just by repetition uh, out there on, on the field and practice. So I, I think the consistency uh, of it all and, and what helps you become consistent, right? Uh, and, and to me, that's as a better, that's what I'm looking for this offseason. What with the systems that are out there, the offensive play callers or, or, or these quarterbacks, what's going to help them become consistent? Because if they can obtain that uh, sooner than later, then all of a sudden you're talking about a high level of success for the offenses out there. You know, Mike, I know you go through this extensively. We were talking earlier in the show about coordinators and the impact that they have on on teams. Jim Schwartz in mm-hmm. Cleveland, maybe Brian Flores in Miami. 
But, you know, Vic Fangio, what do you feel like his impact will be in Miami as it relates to the young head coach, Mike McDaniel? Well, you know, I, I think he's going to be in charge of the defense, right? Uh, Mike McDaniel is going to respect Vic Fangio and what he's meant to the league and what he's established and done in the league. And uh, if, if you're Vic Fangio, you're not going to have somebody hovering over you, uh, you know, trying to nitpick everything you're trying to do defensively because you've been proven uh, to be a, an excellent defensive coordinator. So I, I think from a player standpoint, and especially on the defense side of the ball, and then another takeaway for, uh, for betters, is if you notice defenses that are passionate and fast and explosive to the ball carrier or the receiver or even a quarterback, that means they're happy with their assignments. When they're thinking too much, when they're trying to overcompensate or or, or just, you know, just out of sorts because the, the defense, the scheme is too complicated, right? Then that's when a defender breaks down. That's when they're out of position. That's when they break uh, in coverage responsibility and assignments. Uh, and that's when they're not tackling well either because they're thinking too much. All the defensive player wants to do is run fast and hit somebody. Uh, and, and to me, I think Vic Fangio allows uh, his defenses to do that. So uh, certainly, you know, the Miami Dolphins as a unit, I think they'll improve on that. I think McDaniel will be refreshed. Uh, the fact that he has a more than capable defense coordinator that has the respect uh, of the team out there. Are there, while we're on like the coaching theme, are there any other coaches you think that um, you're really eyeing for improvement in 2023? Yeah, you know, everybody's taking a look at, uh, at Sean Payton. Yeah. But to me, you know, I, I think he, he has what it takes to gain the respect and the trust of the locker room, right? I, I think his, his track record is going to speak volumes. The way that he goes about doing things, his business is going to speak volumes as well. But it's all about the quarterback. Can the quarterback humble himself? like a Mac Jones has done. But Mac Jones is early enough in his career to do that. Whereas Russell Wilson, borderline Hall of Famer, whatever Russell Wilson thinks of himself, is he going to be able to do that himself with, with that football team? It, it's needed, right? Stormy, he needs to do that. But uh, I think it's telling if he doesn't do that. And, you know, I, Justin Herbert, we'll find out how, how good he is. I, I think Kellen Moore is going to give him the opportunity to really showcase uh, his ability and what his strengths are as a quarterback. Uh, they need to complement that with a, with a strong running game and certainly a, a better defense. But those those are two teams in the AFC West that, that I've been eyeing, uh, looking at those situations between quarterback, coordinator, and, and coaching situations as well. You know, Pritch, Romeo Dobbs came out today and was defending Jordan Love, saying he could do mm -hmm. everything that that Aaron Rodgers can do. And my question to you is, uh, why are the Packers so devalued in this offseason? They're they're a better team defensively than most everybody in the North. And, you know, they have to get the quarterback to play well. But Green Bay has a young quarterback, and everybody doesn't love them. Atlanta has a quarterback who's never played too, but everybody loves them. Like, explain this to me. Yeah, I think it's the people around said quarterback uh, in Atlanta. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think people are jealous of the players around Ritter out there uh, in Atlanta. Whereas Jordan Love um, in, in up there in Green Bay, I think the perception is that Aaron Rodgers made everybody, right? And Aaron Rodgers was checked out. You know, I, I Stormy, Michael, I, I believe Aaron Rodgers was checked out. He was on his own page a lot of times. Uh, I, I fall back on LeFleur and, you know, the trust, uh, respect, uh, certainly the comfort that he's going to have to establish with a Jordan Love. And because 
LaFleur is a head coach and an okay play caller as well. Does he know Jordan Love? Does he understand that quarterback and his capabilities? Or is Jordan Love going to try to play outside the box and outside scribble outside the lines, right? Uh, and to me, that's the recipe for disaster, especially if you're a younger player. Uh, but the notion or the perception Rodgers made all those younger players around them uh, spectacular. I mean, I think that's still with Green Bay a little bit. It's up to those young players and that young team to kind of dispel the, that uh, perception that's out there right now. Pritch, thank you so much for the time as always, buddy. Absolutely. Y'all have thank a great you, day. Pritch. Great job. Thank you. VEASAN NFL analyst, former NFL wide receiver Mike Pritchard. Follow him at M.I. Pritchard on Twitter. The Green Bay Packers win total this season set at seven and a half. Let's see if they can get over that with their new young quarterback. When we come back here on the Lombardi line, can the Florida Panthers pull a Miami Heat? I certainly hope Uh-oh. not. Um, we'll discuss some of the betting <laughs> angles for the Stanley Cup final game two coming up tonight. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Plus, if you're planning a trip to Vegas, remember, you can also convert BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located here on the Las Vegas Strip as well as nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issues, non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, 
Well, Miss Stormy, I think it's your time to take become the analyst of the show because you know reversal. hockey. You've been down. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important. I really do. It's important for the show. This is a big night, so you know. Let's take let's take away the obvious that you know people think the Florida Panthers will play better because it's game two and you know they're on the ropes. What is the one thing that you think in your mind that Florida must do? to win game two that they didn't do in game one? Well, I think a big key is going to be their star in Matthew Kachuk and their goaltender that has been tremendous all throughout the postseason in Sergei Bobrovsky. Neither one of them had a particularly good day. And so if they're going to bounce back and if they're going to cash tickets for all of the folks who are buying in on the Florida Panthers at plus 120, we heard our guy Thomas Gable at the Borgata earlier today mentioned that while 80% of tickets are coming in on the Golden Knights today that actually the money is favoring the Florida Panthers in this one. So maybe that is where the betting value lies. But they need their star, and I don't want this to happen. I would like Matthew Kachuk to remain neutralized. Don't get me wrong. Um, But he's somebody who's been a, a top performer to get them to this point. He's such a dynamic scorer and facilitator, and we didn't really see any of that in the opening game of the series. And like I said with Sergei Bobrovsky, He's actually, he hasn't been put in a situation where he's had to bounce back much this season because the Florida Panthers have really just kind of like run through their schedule to this point. But in the two instances where he has had a loss, 2-0 in the bounce back, 2-1-2 goals against average and a 9-4-9 save percentage in starts after a losing decision, 94 saves on 99 shots on goal. Um, the, the four goals that he gave up Saturday, Michael, were the most he's given up since I believe game six. Yeah. Game six of round one against Boston. He was really rusty off the 10 day layoff. And, um, I don't expect that to be the case tonight. So their, their, their stars need to be stars and their goaltender needs to continue to play above his head. Like he has throughout the playoffs so far. You know, Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Florida Panthers, uh, channeled his, his inner Aaron Rodgers and said, Relax, relax, everybody relax. We're going to be okay. What gives him that sense of comfort, do you think? I think that there's a calmness based on what they've done this entire postseason. Like, they they ain't no slouches. It's It's very similar, like, the parallels that we have in the NBA Finals with this Florida Panthers team because they're teams that coming off of last season had immediate expectations for this year. The Florida Panthers were the president's trophy winners last year, the best regular season in all of hockey, and then just didn't live up to expectations in the playoffs. The Miami Heat uh, had high expectations coming into this year, ended up just having a terrible regular season. Both teams are eight seeds. Both teams had to go through incredibly difficult paths to get to this point. And I think the path that the Florida Panthers have had having to fight from being down three games to one in the opening round against an incredibly talented Boston Bruins team, having to play a little bit differently and have a more defensive mindset against the Toronto Maple Leafs and come out of that that series with success, gutted out in a four-game series with the Carolina Hurricanes, who most people, like those, those games, although it was a sweep, were not gimmies by any mean. Carolina came to play. So they've had a lot of fight and grit, and they've lived up to the billing every step of the way. So I don't blame Paul Maurice for having confidence. But at the same point, 
The Golden Knights have been a team that have been really, really doubted all year long, Michael, which sounds crazy to think about when they were a top seed in the Western Conference this year. Um, everybody has, from round one, people saying, oh, the Winnipeg Jets are going to have their number. Oh, they beat Winnipeg in five. Okay, let's go to the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, my gosh, you can't count out Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. How in the world is this defense going to play against them? They end up winning that series with relative ease. And they, they've put themselves in a position where they've proven that they're one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. And I very, very firmly believe that they're going to walk away with the franchise's first Stanley Cup this year. But what are they going to do here in game two? I'm not so sure. They've been good at home, don't get me wrong, but we know how good the Florida Panthers have been on the road this postseason that it's hard to count them out in any spot. One way I am attacking this game, though, right, wrong, or indifferent, a trend that I've made a lot of money on with the Golden Knights this postseason has been first period overs. They're on a 14-2 and two run six straight games now where they've gone over the one and a half goals in the first period. So I think maybe that could be an angle here tonight where the goals come from could be just about anywhere though. I don't really care for any, anytime goal scorers tonight because they can come from so many different places, but value on the board. If you have a lean for sure. How about Bruce Cassidy, who they call Butch Cassidy. I love that <laughs> nickname. That's awesome. I mean, if your last name's Cassidy, you might as well go with Butch's first name, right? <laughs> like, what do you think? You know, Let's have him step into Stormy's office. What do you te- what do you think he's telling his team tonight? You know this guy. You know the kind of the mindset of the Vegas Knights. What do you think he's telling his team tonight? You know, I have this weird feeling Bruce Cassidy isn't asking my opinion on anything, but <laughs> um, I think that he's going to. Uh, well, we are. I appreciate you, Michael. I think he's going to be here telling his team to do the same thing that they've been doing to get to this point. The Golden Knights have this ability to win in a variety of ways. And I think that's the big thing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep playing up to your strengths. Play hard defense. Use your size advantage and physicality. Don't let the Florida Panthers goad you into penalties like they tried to do late in game one. Just play within yourselves, play to your strengths, and play hard. And that's what this team really, like even before Bruce Cassidy took over, from the the very first year of this team's existence, they've been all about grit and attitude and people not believing them and fight. And so I think that just encouraging them to continue that same type of a mentality in this game is going to be critical. And and by the way, I just, I love it for Bruce Cassidy, by the way, after being let go from the Bruins a season ago to have this opportunity with the Vegas Golden Knights. And he's done a tremendous job on the bench, on the bench for them, no doubt. Yeah. How about our betting tip for today? Well, we got to have one for hockey since the game, the puck drops, what, at 8 o'clock tonight there in Vegas? 5 o'clock your time? Yep, 5 my time, 8 Pacific. So this betting pro tip, again, we do these every single show here on the network, but I'm leaning toward the Conn Smythe market in general because it's very similar to what we see with the NBA where it's more of a narrative driven type of an award. So as much as you're looking at stats and analytics and numbers being important, the story, I think, is also very important. And so I would target guys like a Sergei Bobrovsky who um, wasn't good in the regular season and has just played over his head incredibly for the Florida Panthers. I like Jonathan Marchessault, who, although he started off the postseason slowly, had was was held without a goal the first seven games of this of the postseason is on has 10 goals in the last 11 games um six game point streak he's somebody who plays in the top six so he's going to get opportunity he's on that first power play unit 
But also the narrative side of Jonathan Marchessault so is he is one of those original misfit players from the Vegas Golden Knights and actually a former Florida Panther as well. That's the team that dropped him and let him go. Like, I think there's a great story for him. I think there's a great story for Aiden Hill if you're targeting Vegas Golden Knights players the way he stepped in for Laurent Brossois, put in a tough situation early in the playoffs, and has just been playing really, really well. Eight and three now, 206 goals against average and adding to it. So that's my perspective. VEASAN Pro Tips available at VEASAN.com. A couple other just quick bets that I do have tonight. Jack Eichel to record an assist, Michael, minus 105. Mm-hmm. He had two in game one. Love it. 14 total this postseason, six in the last six games, and he was only held without an assist once in the last nine. So I think it's a very good opportunity for him to get on the score sheet with an assist. Mark Stone over two and a half shots on goal, plus 110. He had seven in game one and has three or more in three straight. And like I mentioned already, that first period overrun. I, I'm hopeful that that happens again. Uh, as far as betting aside, I'm just going to cheer. I think I'm just going to. Just gonna root for well, the Golden let's ask, Well, how are we doing this? Are we sitting on the couch? <laughs> we going to? I know. I know. There's rumors you might be at Stadium Swim on Thursday, but tonight, where are we watching the game? Tonight, I'm sitting on the left side of my couch, like I have throughout the course of the postseason. <laughs> the one time I went to a game, Michael, it was just, it was terrible experience uh, for me I against Edmonton. So I've I I've stayed it. home since. But so, what do you think? Should I go to Stadium Swim Thursday? My my future husband Absolutely. my future husband is having his bachelor party start that weekend so i feel like i need to do something fun Absolutely. You should definitely go. And there's nothing better than it. I mean, it's, I mean, look, the it's hot in Vegas now. You know, yeah. eight, it'll be 5 o'clock your time. The sun will be coming a little lower. I, I mean, look, there's no better venue to watch a game, especially since it's going to be a festival event. You know, Mike Palm and everybody's going to roll out. Derek, you're going to bring out the roll red carpet. You need to go. Yeah, Mike Palm said maybe fireworks, perhaps. Get some pyrotechnics in there. We'll fly you out. Let's go. Let's watch, let's watch game three, game four, excuse me. <laughs> Um, coming up. That's a wrap for today's At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.